the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Rachel, last year at this time, I was in Florida um, in sunny Fort Lauderdale and then sunny Sunrise for the NHL All-Star Weekend presented by Honda. And Yo, that was a good announcer voice. God you. damn, guys. I have, you don't know everything about me. I have, I have skills that you don't know. Does Mike need to be a, a midnight? The NHL All-Star Weekend presented by Honda. Um, and Here so, I am about to hire somebody to do a new no, intro I'll just for do it. us. I'll and just I'm just going to get Mike fine. to do it. It's fine. Can you rap? No, I'm kidding. Nobody well, needs listen to see up, no. Um and uh and it was it was blazingly hot there. Humid, humid to the moon, but but sun and everything. This year, fast forward, we're in Toronto. Uh and uh and it is is cloudy, it is foggy, it is not cold enough to be cozy. It's not even like a nice cold but sunny winter day. Yes. It is just take your vitamin D pills. Yes. Because it sucks. Now, <laughs> I would take this weather over the Florida, over going back to Florida anytime. I, I, I had been to Florida. That was the third. No, that was the second in the middle of my third time being in Florida for work in the calendar year. I'm, I'm more than happy to be in Toronto for it now. Um, so however, what Mike's saying is when I go down to Florida, we're not doing a live no, on location. Absolutely not. <laughs> I will do it remote from Alaska. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is last year. It was, it, you know, it, it was, it was an interesting situation because for example, Kirill Kaprizov went yes. down and he, he, he said, even though I'm in, I'm in Fort Lauderdale, I'm in, I'm in you know, beautiful sunny skies. We are doing our media availability literally on the beach. I don't want to do anything. Where's the media availability here? It's in the Raptors practice court in Scotiabank arena. Oh, last oh, the year, 500 levels. Okay. Last yeah. year. Last year, they had it literally on the beach at a Marriott resort. Yeah, you can't do that. Here. It was gorgeous. Now we have it in the Raptors practice court in the arena. And I felt and, and but what I find interesting is that and the rumblings that I'm hearing, Rachel, is that players like want to be here. Yeah, they're pretty fired up. They didn't want. I've, I've spoken to a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, like Matt Barzell. He is. Yeah. He was really pissed that he didn't get selected at the start. Right. He, he got in as an injury replacement, but he is fired up. Everyone is fired up to be here. And I find it very funny that like the Florida all-star game was about as tropical and luxurious as you can possibly get. And now we're in Toronto where it is like my least favorite weather ever. And yet people are like, I'm ready to rock. Well, so part of this is what's happening behind the scenes, which is mm. one. Uh, like Connor McDavid took the wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that to uh, Bieber's here. And I don't care what you had in Florida. When you get a guy like Bieber to actually show up and be present, that's going to have some pull. I genuinely can't even remember who the musical guest was last year in Florida. We actually didn't even stay for the game. We left like we, we only covered the. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, they're so Connor McDavid 
And he spoke to like other guys that had kind of been involved and wanted it to be better. So he was kind of that leader taking it forward. But you got Bieber, you got Tate McRae. The parties that like they've organized, like Mm -hmm. Paris, Texas, which is like one of it's the biggest country bar in Toronto now. And it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things where like when you come to Toronto, people are like, oh, let's go to Paris, Texas. And it's like I've been there a few times. And I have no desire to ever go again. Um, I like I there are other places on King mm-hmm. Street that I frequent more often. Yeah. I, I just think it's the NHL is actually doing a good job of making this not like the NBA, but at least to the point where like players actually want to be here. They're making it like a destination cool event. They're treating them really well. They treated them really well at the All-Star game last year. Like I'm telling you, I was there. It was as luxurious, tropical. It was they're, they're staying at the freaking Delta too. Like mm-hmm, that's a nice hotel. Real <laughs> like, nice. But you know what? Like it's like a thousand bucks a night for yeah, a room. It's, like it's, it's legit. It's crazy. Um, and I know it doesn't sound like that because it's the Delta or whatever. No, but, oh, well, to be fair, it's not a Delta. It's the Delta Chelsea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It it is that. That's where our media workroom is. And let me tell you, it is nice. The first thing when I walked in that after I got my pass, walked into the lobby. Wait to meet, with, meet up with some people and like literally this concierge guy comes up. He's like, would you like to try a complimentary bottle of this new Michelob uh, brewed beer? And I'm like, sure. Why not? When well, in, my friend used to live in Rome in the Delta Chelsea, like they have condos in there. They do. So, yeah. I didn't so know that. at all, what a lot of people don't know is that all the major hotels pretty much. So like the Shangri-La, I know they have, re- yes, I knew they had residents of the Shangri-La, at the, at the Shangri-La. They have King, residents King at the Delta West. Chelsea. They have one Ma- King West. Yeah. La Germaine. Yeah, like across, above Soho, Maple all that Square. kind of stuff. I knew that. Um, they all have. I almost moved into the Soho one. Yeah, <laughs> Bisha has residences. I lived so across like, oh. from the Bisha for like three years, and they had residents. Like yeah. obviously, they residents there, and they just opened the hotel. So yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know it was the Delta though. I always thought yeah, that was just there's a. a I want to say there's like five or six floors of condos in the Delta Chelsea. So wow. it's a nice. Um, Nice place to be. Yeah, let's just say real estate in Toronto is not cheap. That's especially not cheap. Yes. Now, what was really cool last night is so we're at at a media gala. Not gala, like reception. It's at Real Sports. I was going to say, you're not wearing a black tie. No, I was. (laughs) I I think I'm wearing pretty much the exact same thing I'm wearing right now. Um, But... uh, I, I, we're at, you know, we're having a good time. You know, everyone's, everyone's hanging out. Incredible spread of food. Like unbelievable. Like, like three different types of wings, truffle fries, regular fries, brisket, smoked ribs, three different types of flatbread pizza. Like it was, it was fried, like buttermilk fried chicken. It was the tops. It was awesome. But, you know. Sushi? No sushi. Oh, right. That that's a no sushi and no Thai chili wings, which is like their staple at Real Sports, which was very upsetting. But anyway, um, we're all having a good time, and then I see I see Chris Johnson, uh, like kind of, you know, remove himself a little bit from from the social circle. I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. He's looking at his phone. He's texting, and he looks like he's texting. I'm like, oh, maybe he's texting a romantic partner. Maybe he's texting his dad. Who knows? Then I check my phone and I get a tweet notification from Chris Johnson that Elias Lindholm has been traded to the Vancouver Canucks. And I go, oh, so this is what it's like to watch greatness in up close in person, and. <laughs> There it is. The Vancouver Canucks have acquired Elias Lindholm from the uh, Calgary Flames in exchange for a 2024 first round pick. Um, uh, Hunter uh, Bruce Davis. Yes, I'm so glad you found you 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 pronounced that name before <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna try and let him do that. Nope, no, 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 no. It's it. good. Um, another prospect uh, who has Yoni two, Yermo. Yes, yeah. Yoni Yermo, which is very funny. Um, 
And uh, yeah, that and, and a and conditional, a conditional fourth. fourth that turns into a third if the Canucks make the Western Conference final. This seems like one of the most win-win trades I can think of in terms of where each team currently is. Obviously, there's risk on both sides. Obviously. No, but, there's almost... Well, the only risk for Calgary is that Kuz, if Kuzmeco doesn't rebound. That's the only the risk. The risk is there. if Kuzmeco doesn't rebound, if... Uh, B B dog. Well, they, they, What's his name? Bruce Davich. Bruce Davich. Uh, if he's kind of a flash in the pan. Uh, well, no, not know. even because they weren't going to resign Lindholm. So at least you're getting assets. Yes, but I'm saying like whether they work out or not, that's true. You weren't resigning him, so it's better. Like we talked about with Bertuzzi and Brody, yeah. it's better to get something than to get nothing. And we and we differ on that, that opinion with the Leafs, but uh, you know, let's try not to make everything about the Leafs. No, but I'm saying generally speaking, it's almost no risk as for Calgary as, outside of Kuzmenko yeah, because yeah, it's true. It's but, better to get something. And than hey, man, to get if nothing. Kuzmenko works out, like, and we'll we'll get into we're going to get into a deep dive in this trade in a second. But so it, this seems like one of the more win-win trades for where the where two teams are in their current, uh, like I guess sort of paths. As possible now, I know the Canucks are kind of they can kind of be a uh, they seem like a house of cards just due to their their shooting percentage. But look, man, if you are if you're going for it and you mm-hmm. are, and you are uh, uh, you know you've banked enough points to the point where like you will make the playoffs, you will potentially even get first. You they're pretty much if if they play like 500 from here on out, they'll likely get home ice advantage. Um, yeah, why not friggin' load up? Why not? I Jim did say that 2024 was the year he was going for it. Yeah, um, I mean, you said that a while ago. Yeah, so um, I'm not surprised. Um, I also like that he went on Toronto radio. Mm-hmm. So Jim has this thing where like he only does media on like his di- like his watch, but he won't do like you're in market media like if he's doing media like he, he's on the jeff merrick show on thursday he was on overdrive, overdrive yesterday this, yeah. and they asked him because last year they traded horvat at the all-star break mm-hmm. and they asked jim like if they have anything in the hopper and jim was like we might not even wait till after all-star and like three hours later this trade goes down this is the second year in a row they've made a trade at all-star and like okay so this is what i don't get though what, what don't you get like neither vancouver or calgary is playing until at least sunday just announce the trade after the All-Star game. No one's going to get hurt. No one's doing anything. Hey, you never know. You never know. No one has been hurt at the All-Star game. But you know what? From a liability standpoint, I understand. Like, I can see why they're like, hey, he's going to play some form of hockey. Like, let's get it done. Just in case he takes no, a, but he I hits almost a think, divot. I think there should be... Like I, on the NHL's part, yeah, I think it's hilarious for like energy. There should be something of like a, a there's a trade a freeze. freeze for the three days. Yes, like well, it's also like everyone's in town in this. It's all it's like the draft. Well, but think about it from this perspective. Let's say that so Vancouver and Toronto and other teams had their bye week. What if they made this trade with a team that doesn't have a bye week? Then that player doesn't get a bye week. I almost that's think true. Yeah, if you're you have a built in mechanism so that players get a bye week break. You should not be able to make a trade by week all star. Like that, there should be something there because a player shouldn't lose out on their potential yes. by week. Like I think because that's CBA like mandated. That, yeah, you know, exactly. That's a, that's that's a, a CBA a, negotiated thing that he shouldn't lose out on. That's and so, the same as that's the same as the Leafs getting docked for for flying out like before their CBA mandated break was was over. You know, right? Like, and you're gonna ask God to actually like play games when he's yeah. supposed to be on a CBA mandated break. Now, obviously, it doesn't apply in this sense, but I just think mm-hmm. fr- like 
but that can happen. You might be in a situation where that happens. Yeah. And um, I, I just think it's funny. I mean, they're, I'm assuming Lindholm is probably still going to wear the Calgary logo the same way that Horvat did. Yeah, we'll Well, because Calgary doesn't have another rep. Yeah, that's true. But we'll see, man. Like it was it was really weird last year when Horvat got traded. Like it was Well, because that was also like the captain of the team. Yeah, it was and, it was very emotional. Like and, you could tell. And Petey was there and it was yeah. uh highly emotional to say the least. It was it was really, you know, just seeing it. Like it, it was also very awkward. Like I, people were asking Horvat who he was gonna represent. He's like, I don't know. Like it was it was it was very weird. His his and podium You know how you can avoid all of that? Have a trade for I believe his podium <laughs> said Islanders. But his like jersey said Canucks. Like it was very weird. This is gonna happen again now. But but the look, NHL has to be pissed. <laughs> like they're like, why? But you know what? This I I as okay. So I I totally agree with the whole bye week thing, and honestly with the fact that like there should be a trade freeze. But this does, excuse me, this does bring like added interest to the All Star game. Like that. Like you know. Not, oh, not I think only, it's amazing. It's awesome. I like, think it's so funny. Like, but from a logistics only, perspective. Yes. It's but not, not only is the all-star game in like the Mecca of hockey this year in Toronto, but like the, uh, what do you mean this year? Toronto is always the Mecca of hockey. I mean, I mean the all-star game is in, in Toronto oh, this year, I was like, uh, which is, the, which is the Mecca. There we go. Um, but like it, uh, but also like potentially the biggest name on the trade board got traded there. Like, like, like he, and he's going to be there. Like it's, you know, I guarantee you. It will be friggin' Mad Max Thunderdome trying to get to in anywhere near his scrum today at media day. I'm I might as well bring like I don't know like, like football pads so I can just lower the the shoulder into a bunch of the old boomers. I around see me. like and media days and like stuff like this. They were always the time where like I went to maybe like some of the where the the elbowing wasn't going on. Um, I'll go find like somebody else to talk to because you're more likely to actually get better content from them mm-hmm. than asking a four second question in a scrum full of like a thousand people. Like I just, to me, I would have zero desire to talk to like Horvat last year or Lindholm this year, yeah. just because of all the circus that's going to be surrounding. I'd rather go talk to somebody like Matthew Barzell. No, and I, I will, but I'm saying like everyone will be there. Everyone will be asking yeah. these questions. And look, I think anything that drums up ex- further excitement like that, I'm it's in. a lot of fun. Now let's talk about the actual trade itself. So obviously Lindholm is the big piece that goes here and there's no extension in place. Yes. So he's, he's, he's a penny UFA and that's where the risk there's, well, there's two aspects it's a of the major risk. risk there. The two aspects of risk here for, for the Canucks. Number one is there's no extension in place. So they could have just, so, and they gave up a lot. So like, if this they is a lot. don't resign Lindholm, is that too much? Absolutely. I think so too. That is a f- caveat. If you win, it doesn't matter. Yes. If you win, it doesn't matter. But like, I mean, come on, like, come on. Um, um no comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, my comment is, I mean, come on. Uh, but like, it, it's a big, it is a big risk. Um, just by, by the fact that like he doesn't have extension, he could walk for free and you gave up a first one of your top prospects, like, like in Bruce Davich, there's their second, I, their second best defensive prospect yeah. without a doubt. Like obviously, Villander is Villander, yeah, and you, or Lecker and Mackey, but that's a forward. a forward. But I'm like, you didn't give up but either. But Davich is a right-handed defenseman yes, who is third in in, uh, in in OHL scoring. He's also as a defenseman. So he has 69 points. Nice. We have um, to let's just take a second to acknowledge that's a nice number. Okay, continue. So Zane Parikh, who's up for this year's NHL draft, not even drafted, is second yeah. in scoring with 66 points. The guy in third place has 51 points like that's the gap between Holy moly. There's like a, an 18 point gap between first and third place like 
Bruce Davich. And the thing about Bruce Davich is he's an offensive puck moving yes. defenseman. Right now, he struggles to defend the rush. And the, the, a, a tail is old as time. Right. You know? Okay. Well, you know what? I'd rather have a guy that can create offensively. Absolutely. Because you know what's hard to find? Defensemen who can create offensively. Yeah. So Hunter Bruschetta is a huge, uh, it's a huge name to, to trade away. Um, and it's a tasty name to trade away as well. Um, but <laughs> that let, first round pick, the first round pick, which will everyone's saying will likely be, you know, like low twenties. It might not be. Who knows? Who like who knows? But hey, it will likely be, and that's fine. But there have been a lot of good players picked in the low twenties lately. David Pasternak was picked twenty six. Yeah, David Pasternak. Uh, uh, others that I can't hit, hit off the top of my head, but there are there. Sebastian Aho was picked in the second round. Just yeah, so like there are a lot of you know like first round. Lane picks Hudson are, was picked yeah, in the second round. You know, like there are a lot of players that that you know get picked uh you know get picked below that the, the lottery i guess you want to call it and um, there was a point where hunter bruce davich was considered mm-hmm. a better prospect or as good a prospect as lane hudson and seamus casey yeah so like you're getting a legit prospect here and of course i think this is smart by the canucks absolutely um to sell high because you don't Right now, this is the peak of his value unless he continues to grow. To sell and, high on Bruschetta. Yeah. Yeah. And and you don't know mm-hmm. what that like what that is. The first rounder is a lot. Yeah, first um, rounder. And even like I know it's a I know it's a conditional fourth, but like you make the Western Conference final, like that's a third. Again, that's another mid round pick. We're talking you about it. Uh, yeah, like you they picked don't have Hunter Brushevich in the third round. You know, like stuff like that. You don't really have you also picked the other Elias Pettersson, who they're expecting yeah. to be like really good. The thing is, is like, and I mean, to say this in the, in like the easiest way, like they don't have a ton of prospects because they kept trading away picks, and mm-hmm. now you've traded away a minimum of two more. And this is a different situation because you're actually going for it. Yes, and I mean, I don't mind teams like this is not a middle of the pack team right now. This is this, this is a is, team at the top of their division. Yes. They should be going for As it. As it looks right now, they are a contender. Yeah, they, yes. they they should be going for it. So I like being aggressive. I like that kind of thing. However, if you do not resign him, that's a lot. That's a lot. Now, the thing about Lindholm though, Okay, so that's the first risk is that you don't re-sign him. You only have him for now. The thing is, is that they got him at the All Star break. Months. They all, yeah. so it's not like they they're only gonna get him for like nineteen games or something after the trade deadline. No, there's thirty games. There's thirty left games for them. left, so they got him for almost half a year, basically. So that's good. Like I, I think that that's there's something to be said about making this trade early, is you maximize your window with this guy. Yes, we all saw, and not to make it the least, but we all saw how difficult it was for all these new players to assimilate themselves into this into a, a lineup like the Leafs were last year in like 13 games after and the trade also deadline. like cannot be underrated understated mm-hmm. the impact of removing Kuzmiko from that dressing room he is a glue dude like he's a guy everyone wants to be around yeah. he's basically but like a puppy dog in human form I think it'll be good I think it'll be good for everybody though because I think it became very clear like you know as this season progressed and leading up to this trade which i think is why he even waived his no trade in the first place he almost he could have nixed that deal which would have been 100 which would be very very funny but um it, it was it was clear that that him and talk were not going to work he did not have a future on that team yeah frankly and i know it ended up it ended up getting them lindholm so i think that it ended up being good but like they probably should have traded him instead of resigning him last year like they could have oh, gotten, we talked about this you know yeah we did but <laughs> i think it'll be i think it'll be a good fresh start for everyone because as much as they love the guy, like if I'm in a workplace where a guy 
is trying his best, but it's just clearly it's not working. It kind of becomes sad. You mean when you're in a workplace where your boss doesn't see you for what you are and misuses you or you see get you upset a, or see you as a human being basically <laughs> yeah. like yeah um and so wow yeah that might be toxic yeah it, it, but like it might be toxic to the people around you too like as much as you well, love that person you go like man think about sucks. how toxic it was last year in vancouver when they were doing what they did to bruce yes exactly like the body language of the player exactly so okay, the, the, well, but the second which- the second risk i was gonna say is that lindholm's shooting percentage doesn't positively regress well he's going to the pdo kings of the league i like basically his career shooting percentage is 14 percent. yes he's shooting like six or something so his career shooting is 14.3 uh he's shooting 6.9 this year shooting seven percent however it's the canucks he's going to rebound aggressively mm. he'll probably score 20 goals in the next 50 games mark my words who knows because potential look the, the canucks have been on a heater and then they bring in a guy who is on the opposite of a heater. Maybe, maybe that 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 man. Juju, they got Sam Lafferty to shoot above his shooting percentage. They, maybe they get, that juju kind of works. Maybe oh, maybe, maybe. Lindholm takes off, and then everyone else stops being able to put the puck in the net. Like you know. But those are those are the two risks. But as it stands right now, Lindholm is exactly what they need. He's a he's a, a he's, phenomenal second line center. He's a he. He can win the draw. He, he he's a draw winner. He's a PP one kind of guy. You know he 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 just gives that lineup so much more length and depth to it. Um, well, because now they can move Miller to the wing. Yes, right? which is where he belongs. <laughs> yes, um, they can move Miller to the wing, and I think this trade also insulates them in the event that they realize they aren't going to be able to retain Pedersen. Yeah. Then you can go Miller Lindholm because if you're not keeping Pedersen, you have the money to resign. Them. That is still, that's a downgrade though. Like, Oh, well, yeah. But yeah. what I'm saying is, is it's better than going from PD and Miller to PD mm-hmm. or to Miller and no one. Yes. Right. So I think there's that. It also gives them. So one thing that like is underrated in this trade is that the Canucks cleared five and a half million dollars of cap. Mm-hmm. for next year because Lindholm is a pending UFA and Kuzmenko had another year. So they've cleared five and a half million dollars for next year. They have to resign Kronik. Mm-hmm. They have to resign Pedersen. So like a lot of that is could be taken up. Like I, I think I did the math. They have enough to sign PD to 12, Lindholm to eight and mm-hmm. Hronik to like 7.5. I don't think Kronik's taking 7.5. But if you think they, he's taking more than that? Yeah. Wow. I think he's going to ask for more. So Lindholm's comps are in the model. Vince Trocek, Charlie Coyle, mm-hmm. Mark Shifley, Mika Zibanejad. Those are all very good players. I, the, specifically, uh, I would say four out of the three there. Or four sorry, out three, of three, eh? three out of the four. Jesus Christ. Three out of the four there are phenomenal hockey players. Charlie Coyle is a very good hockey player, but Trocek, Shifley, and Zibanejad. I've all been boy, all oh stars. Like, I think when you when you look at it, those are really good comparables for Lindholm. And should his shooting percentage regress? Like, I think eight, eight and a half is is a fair deal for him. Like, that's... For, for Lindholm? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's right around market value. Now, do you think... Now, you know, we talked about the Canucks side of things. Do you think that Kuzmenko can rebound in Calgary? Yes. Do you think with... Okay, what do you think... I have two questions, I guess. A, the one I just asked you, but I, I want you to start with with B. What was the reason why he tanked, basically, after scoring almost 40 goals? 
what happened? Well, I mean, uh, like I wrote an article at the beginning of the year and it was candidates for aggression. And like he was the number one candidate yeah. because his shooting percentage was so sky high that it just was not sustainable. And now his shooting percentage is so low that it's not sustainable. He needs to kind of like find that middle ground. I think he needs to do a better job of getting to the middle of the ice. Um, I, he's more of a Huska player than he is a, a talkative, pocket player. Yeah. He's going to get the opportunity because Huska is going to play him with Kadri, with maybe even Huberto. Um, like he's going to have more opportunity in Calgary because they don't have a game breaker. Whereas in Vancouver, they have Pedersen, they have Hughes, like they mm. have game breakers. They don't need him to be a game breaker. Calgary needs him to be a game breaker. So he's naturally going to be in a position to do that and so he's gonna get time on the power play he's going to i don't think he's gonna be playing below the second line he definitely shouldn't be um maybe he's somebody that reignites huberto like i think there is a chance that he rebounds do i think he's gonna score 40 goals no but i very basically what i said in my article in september was i think he's a 25 goal guy Mm -hmm. and that would be great for calgary because if he is a 25 goal guy next year they can flip him again at the deadline yes and look, 5.5 for a 25-goal guy, it's not terrible. No, that's quite that's, manageable, actually. That's basically actually. market value, that's I guess. A, yeah, with what it is. And like Lindholm's got 32 points in 49 games. Yeah. But a lot of that is his shooting percentage, which I now expect will regress positively because basically everything that Vancouver touches on the ice this year has turned to gold. I, you know, and this has no data, but I just, I, I just have a, a feeling that like you you know everything you touch turns to gold and you're on this heater and i feel like this is obviously this is the right move they should have made but i feel like that this is like the step of hubris that like brings the the you know the house of cards down i don't know but anyway yeah um, like kuzmenko's having a tough year right his comps this year are are rough his comps are are tough i mean last year they were up with like nylander and whatever and like this year his comps are logan o'connor luke evangelista taylor radish and alexander holds and i think holds is actually a a pretty good comparison for him because lindy ruff basically refuses to play alex holds and yet he could still he still does his thing Mm -hmm. um and i think if holds played more if kuzmenko played more like if they had coaches that believed in them then they would be in a much better spot so i think this has the potential to be a win-win for both teams that's kind of where i'm at with it um i'm not gonna get into the semantics of whatever all i'm gonna say is this is not the first time vancouver has tried to get lindholm Mm -hmm. um this has been somebody this is a player they've coveted they've coveted very similar to gensel yeah this is a player they've coveted for a while so that essentially takes them out of the gensel sweepstakes i don't don't think it does you think that they're willing to trade because the only way they can do that now is by trading their top prospects. No, that's, that's the, they can trade Besser back. Why would they do that this year? The Canucks. Why would they? Because trade they Besser want Gensel. I know they want Gensel, but Brock Besser. Yes, he's shooting like crazy, but Brock Besser. Is exactly. They're going to try and sell high on him among the league leaders and goals. And if you're going for it, what that just? I'm just going to tell you the behind the scenes. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Besser. Um, that would be dumb this year. I'm not disagreeing. Like, like, but I'm saying I don't think it takes them out of the Gensel. First of all, the only there's not even a Gensel sweepstakes right now because the Penguins haven't decided that they're trading him. No, no. So. What they might do, what the Penguins might do with a core of 36 year olds, is that they might spend the next two, three years, you know, regrouping and then go for it when when everyone is nice and healthy at age 40. I think that's what they're. And you know what? I think that that's uh, another dubious success. I think that's. Perfect. See, I think I think 
it might behoove them to trade Gensel because if you can get two young players that are that can go in your lineup, like if a not that this would happen, but if a Jake Gensel could get you Wyatt Johnson and Thomas Harley, you make that trade. That because, would definitely not happen. No, wait, no, but I know what you're talking players. about. Yes, like, yes. They can get you two young players that are going to step into your lineup right away. So like if you're doing Vancouver, mm-hmm. if it gets you Hoaglander and Garland maybe, um, but then you get like a prospect that's like almost ready. So mm-hmm. like if it gets you Hoaglander and maybe it gets you Vlander, then it's like, okay. Like we can we can work with that kind of thing, but mm. I I don't think they're going to be out on Gensel. I think if Gensel's available, they're going to be at the front of the line. If I was a Stars fan just tuning in when you said that, I would have killed myself. <laughs> yeah, be like, just, that would be a bad that's, trade. That's, that's a, for that's, that is a that that is a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a a hypothetical. But if I was a Stars fan, being like, oh, let me let me let me just go to a random spot in the oh my god, <laughs> yeah, no, we, podcast and be like, well, I can see Gensel for Harley and Wyatt Johnson. I would jump off a building. <laughs> that would that would be the yeah, worst. It was honestly the only reason why they're on my mind is because Thomas Harley is having a breakout year. Unbelievable. And we talked about Wyatt Johnson on Monday. That's yes. that's the only reason yeah. they came to mind. They're not being traded yes. for Jake um, As 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 Stars fans are sure, but I remember I just I heard that and I was like, "Whoa, crazy." All right, Rachel. Right, we, but like if you could trade Jake Gensel for Matthew Nyes and no, Nick Robertson. Like, but I'm saying two young players that could step in your lineup right away mm-hmm. and are under contract control are going to be cheap. That's what Pittsburgh should be doing if they don't think they can re-sign Gensel. But that's our breakdown. That's our breakdown the, of the trade of the trade. Let's do our midseason awards. So it's our mid. It's basically like you know, it's a little over midseason. Obviously, we're about at about game forty. All star breaks midseason as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we'll 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 just consider it like that. Um. It's our midseason awards. Now, Rachel and I, we, we, we put our heads together, you know, or actually, you know, we went away from each other and we put our heads down and came up with each our individual. I was going to say, you don't even know who mine are. For, I don't. Uh, unfortunately, you know who mine are, although I might have switched some around. You, I was going to say, knows? I don't even remember. I didn't clock um, that. So we're, we're going to do the Hart, the Norris, the Vesna, the Calder and the Jack Adams. Rachel. Why don't we start? Why don't we start with the Jack? Let's go. Let's go bottom to top here. Okay. Uh, because I feel like it's, it's in, you know. Uh, the the descending order. So let's go, Jack Adams. Who is your Jack Adams pick this year? Torts. Mm-hmm. Torts is my pick. I think when you look at it at the beginning of the year, me, you, and Lazarus, who did the Metro Division yeah. preview, all had Philly either seventh or eighth, basically with Columbus. We were like, mm-hmm. who? Which team is going to be worse? Philly's second in their division. Yeah, it is much harder to go from Celebrini sweepstakes to divisional playoff spot than it is to go from divisional playoff spot to top of the conference Mm -hmm. or like barely miss the playoffs to making the playoffs. To me, what Torts is doing, especially with everything that's going around Philly with new GMs, Cutter Gauthier, Sean Couturier's injuries now coming back, like the switch over in leadership, obviously the Ivan Provorov turnover, for him to take Philly where they were last year and this year, and they're actually like their underlying numbers be are good. Mm-hmm. This is not a house of cards. Yeah. I think is such an impressive coaching job mm-hmm. that it just can't be overlooked. Now I initially, I think that's a phenomenal pick. I initially picked Rick bonus because I did not expect the Winnipeg jets to really do anything this year. It's it, like, I, 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 
obviously expected the Philadelphia Flyers to do even less. But <laughs> I was gonna say we yes, all yeah. did. <laughs> but I didn't expect the Winnipeg Jets to do anything this year. I thought that they didn't. They barely added anyone. Like they they like they they added uh, Velarde and and I follow and and Kupari. Kupari and all that. We didn't expect that trade to go the way it did. Yes, we definitely didn't expect that. And also, I thought there was gonna be more of even just like a, a sort of. <laughs> Like a reboot year, they re-signed uh, Shifley and Connor or Shifley and uh, uh, Hellebuck, which made it sort of seem like they were playing it safe in my eyes. Um, and they and it just kind of seemed like they were going to reboot and be like playoff bubble. And instead, they're playing phenomenal hockey. Uh, they they love their coach. They're they they would die for their coach. They are doing a, you know an incredible job. And yet, ever since I made that pick, I've just looked at how a Philly has played. And B, how Torts has galvanized that team in light of the uh, their top prospect just saying see ya for no reason uh, or for reasons that he hasn't d- divulged, which is and as my look coaching is as just as much X's and O's as it is managing people, if and not more, if not more. You know, you can have a phenomenal. We we've seen countless times phenomenal tacticians crumble because they cannot manage people. Jo- uh, John Tortorella. He could have gone. He could have been another Mike Babcock. He could have refused to adapt. He could have refused to uh, 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 to change his ways and to sort of step into the next generation and step into the next sort of uh, generation of people managing. Because, right. You know, things have changed. We are. You know, both you and I. You're 28 now, but I'm 27. I will be 28 in you know a couple weeks or whatever. But like you, I'm the both, elder statesman. Yes, you are. But we both know that. Like we would not react. We don't react to screaming anymore. Like when it comes to a motivational tactic. Yeah, no. We don't react. I dealt to... enough of with that exactly. as a child. Yeah. And so, uh, same here. And so, John Tortorella is one of the most notorious screamers there is, and we haven't heard any of that. He has done an unbelievable job of basically keeping the spirit of his coaching style, which is like the gruff, no nonsense, all that, but accountable, with a, yeah. accountable, but with a fierce defense of his players and, and with a, I guess he must've done research or talked to people or something or whatever with the ability to communicate that I honestly did not know that he had. And so I had to change my, my, and I want to be different from you, but I had to change my pick from brick bonus to John Tortorella because we thought the flyers were going to be like Celebrini bound. They were horrible. They had like nobody. Their penalty kill is excellent. Yes. Brad Shaw. And they, they out of nowhere Tortorella. And especially after the season last year where it looked like Tortorella was losing that room, potentially he came in and he pulled a complete 180. and he's got the room. He's, I think he's going, I think he's gunning for a third Jack Adams award. It's going to be amazing. All right. Calder. And now this one is a little, this, this was a little trickier because we, the guy who we think should kind of be running away from way with it. He's missed a couple of games. He will likely miss a couple more games. A couple of few. Yeah. What? Uh, so who, who's your pick for the Calder? It's still Bedard. Yes. But so this is a two horse race, in my opinion, mm-hmm. it, like maybe a third, but this is a two horse race. Who's the two horses? Bedard and Faber. Brock Faber was in the Norris conversation at the beginning of the year for what he's doing. It is so hard to be a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Now, he has a couple of college years under his belt, so he's not a true, like, Connor Bedard can't drink in Ontario. Yes. Like, he, this is the level of young we're talking about. I doubt about Connor here. Bedard has ever drank, but <laughs> he can't drink Fair. in Ontario, yes. But And Brock Faber, I believe, is 21. And yeah. so, 
but that shouldn't take away from the fact that the year Brock is having is absolutely incredible. Like his on ice impacts, power play, penalty kill. He's on the number one pairing with Brodeen. Like he looks incredible. And he is one of the only reasons Minnesota has been able to tread water this year. And, and so I think he deserves his flowers. And if Bedard is out for much longer, or let's say Bedard comes back and is only a half a point a game, like he's not impressive, like, mm. then I think it, it favors. Like I have a bet at, at plus 5,000 on this because he's just incredible. Like he's been absolutely incredible. And I can see the defenseman holding some weight. Having said that, mm-hmm. is Bedard your pick too? No. Okay. So like Bedard, I mean, we're talking about the best rookie, mm-hmm. not the best rookie season. Best rookie. Best rookie. He is, when he is healthy and playing, he is a top 10 player in the league mm-hmm. already. So he's. With no surrounding help. With, and, and. With nothing. So if he's already a top 10 player, that, that makes him the best rookie. Mm-hmm. Like he's so clearly the best player in that rookie class that it's it's not even funny and so i think if he comes back and he is doing his thing it's just gonna put kind of that staple of like yep that's the guy because he is the things that he there are things that he can do that veteran nhl players are like whoa Mm. like that's crazy he made gretzky's jaw drop yeah to me you're the most impressive rookie if you can make wayne's jaw drop you're an impressive rookie yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I look. I think Connor Bedard is going to be one of. He's going to be in that McDavid tier of like challenging Gretzky for the best player of all time. Um, however, and if he didn't get hurt, he would definitely be my pick. Yeah, but I can't go against Brock Faber here. Brock, it is defense. Like being a defenseman, specifically like a number one defenseman, is like the hardest job in hockey, really. It, it like obviously being a goaltender is extremely difficult, but goal, we've seen goalies go on heaters like crazy. Andrew Hammond won the last like 30 straight games of a season for the Ottawa Steve Sanders, Mason in his Calder Steve year. Steve Mason went crazy. You know, we could go on like friggin' Michael Bobrovsky. Tel- <laughs> yeah, Bobrovsky, friggin' uh, John, John Sebastian Aubin went crazy one year, uh, you know, at the end of the to try and yeah. drag the Leafs in the playoffs. It happens. Brock Faber two years ago was a fan at, you know, on the glass celebrating when, uh, when Kirill Kaprizov scored an OT winner in the playoffs. And now he is there, that team's number one defenseman. It was not supposed to be this way. The Minnesota wild were supposed to have very good defensemen this year, or at least a very competent top six. They were supposed to at least try and go for it. Brock Faber was supposed to be, you know, maybe the sixth come in as the seventh. It was supposed to be a learning year. Instead, everyone got hurt or everyone started to suck. And he became the, basically the number one defenseman, and he has done an unbelievable... He has, he's stepped into that role flawlessly. That is the equivalent of, I don't know, like like being dropped into, a, into NASA and perfectly commanding a spacecraft to land on the moon. Like, it is, it is pretty much the hardest job you can do. He has obviously more surrounding talent around him than Bedard does by a mile. Well, because Bedard is the talent. Yes, and, <laughs> it's a one man yes. show. But Faber has been in in a season that has been just a, as topsy turvy as you can possibly think, and that that's also the case for the Blackhawks. I mean, there's been a lot of weird stuff that's going on there too. But in a season that is that has been very topsy turvy for for the Wild, everyone getting hurt, you know, big losing streaks. Their GM got internally investigated, you know, for for a toxic workplace, you know, stuff like that. There, you know, there bunch of guys quit, and he goes, "What?" And he at the same time, he's just doing. 
doing his thing. I think that Brock Faber has done a phenomenal job. He's my pick for the Calder right now, but that is also pending on if Bedard comes back from injury and just continues scoring at the pace he was before. So he, Bedard has 33 points in 39 games. Mm -hmm. Let's say he misses 20 games, 25 games. That's too many to win the... But what if he comes back? Okay. He comes back with 25 games remaining. Let's say. And he scores 25 points. And what what if he scores 20 goals in 25 games? That would give yeah. him 35 goals. How many games would he play in total? If he missed, if, if he 20, missed 20 games. If he, he missed would, 20 he would, games. He would play 61, right? He'd play 62, yeah. 60, or 62, yeah. Yeah, so even if he missed 25, he'd so play that, 58. If you are... But that's under... I, I, I like to view it in the... The NBA has that new rule where you have to pay, play in 65 games to be eligible for awards. And I think that that's good. And I but think that should be applied to hockey. But, but it's not. No, I know, I know. But so in if my, Bedard comes back... And scores 20 goals. I thought this was my opinion. And he finishes the season with 35 goals. But I as thought, a rookie. I thought this was my opinion. No, no, I'm asking, like, what would it take? Oh, it would take something like that. Right. I think, I think, well. Like, if he finishes the season with 35 goals and he only plays, like, 50-odd games, that's Oh, absolutely. Then that's, messed. it's <laughs> tough. It's tough to, it, it, it's a lot like the, the McDavid versus uh, Panarin. That was so dumb because Panarin was was like 38 years old, but like, uh, you know, but, but McDavid only played like 50 games that year, like 40 or something. Cause he and got hurt. Yeah. But, but I think if, if Bedard is a Bedard point comes game when back, he comes back, it's, if Bedard comes back and he scores at a point per game pace, like if Bedard comes back and he ends up playing the last like 25 games of the year and he scores 25 points and like even 10 to 15 of those are goals. I think he'll, I think he'll end up taking it. But right now, yeah, Brock Faber jumped in out of nowhere on a veteran team, commandeered it as their number one defenseman. He's I got love my it. vote right now. All right, the Vesna. My bank account would love if he won. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, the Vesna goaltender. Who is your pick, Rachel? Connor Hellebuck. I like this is silliness what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's utterly ridiculous what Connor Hellebuck has been able to do. And it's like so silly that Josh Morrissey's in the Norris conversation because of his like goals against and his on ice impacts. But a lot of that's actually being masked by Connor Hellebuck. And like, I mean, it's pretty hard to argue a guy who is playing on a team that doesn't have the elite talent that some of the other teams do. And yet is still a top team in their division because their goaltending has just been so good. Like he's got to have what a nine thirty. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, like it's I'm looking it up. It's actually ridiculous. So Connor Hallebuck is my pick. I think there's a conversation probably we can revisit at the end of the season to have about Thatcher Demko. Funnily enough, he's not he's not number one in uh in save percentage. He's got well he's got nine twenty four. You know that's has, very good. You know who has the highest save percentage? And it's Aiden Hill. Yes, and he hasn't played as many games, but he's a nine thirty six save percentage. Yeah, he's played like fifteen games. Yeah. So you're not, he's not in the conversation because you haven't played enough. He's not my pick. You, so, and his, and Hellebuck's goal saved above expected is ridiculous. He leads in goalie point share and goal saved above expected. Yeah. So there you the go. The guys should be in the conversation for the heart trophy. Yes. With what he's doing. So yeah, to me, it's Connor Hellebuck. There's a conversation maybe to be had about Thatcher Demko, but he's right my, now that's it's, my pick. it's Connor Hellebuck. I'm obviously not going to pick the Vancouver guy because it's going to look like I'm, Simping for Clarky. Okay. Well, hey, but it wouldn't be surprised if Clarky has another Vesna winner to his name. In abs, first of all, the list of goalie point shares this season is absolutely insane. 
Do you want me to read you the names of the top the top ten? Can I guess? Okay, get, get, number one's Connor, Connor Hellbuck. Number two is Thatcher Demko. Okay. Guess, guess number. Oh, uh, you could probably guess number three. Jacob Markstrom. No. Uh, Jeremy Swayman. No. Hmm. UC Soros. No. UC Soros is having a bad year. He, he's on this list, but I haven't. I was going to say he's not, he has like a nine ten this year. It's like weird. Um, I have in fantasy. It's not great. It's not no, going great. It's not good. Yeah. I have Auntie Ronto, so yeah, it's, I, it's not but less it's less not good, good either. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Think of, of uh, good goalie middling team. Good goalie on a middling team. That's he doesn't quite have Stanley Cup rings plugging his ear yet. Yet, but his coach does. But it's, it's Sorokin. Yeah. Yeah. Number number four. You will not guess number four. No, 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 try number four. Number. You will not guess it. But I. But I. But want it, you it's to try. not Swayman or Markstrom. No. Is it Stuart Skinner? No. I was gonna say because that would be no. wild. Um. It's if not, you if you guess this, I will be flabbergasted. It's not Bobrovsky. Nope. It's not Jari. Nope. Okay. What conference is it? Western. Western conference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it's not Ottinger? Nope. Is it Connor Ingram? Nope. Oh, I don't know then. Joey Decord. Yeah, that's not real. Joey Decord has a seven point four point share right now. Yeah, yeah. How many games has he played? Probably like three. But yeah, so, yeah, but no, but he's, he's up there. Um, you will not guess number five either. Okay, we'll I'm do done this with quick. This guessing game. Peter Morazic is number five. That's I don't buy this. six point this or fake six point seven. This is fake. Then it's Connor Ingram. Six okay, point, so I was close. Six point six. Then it's Jordan Binnington at six point five. Then UC Saros. Then Bobrovsky. Then Dude, Jeremy Swayman. Then Jeremy Swayman. Yes. The the f- number four is Joey Decord. Number five is Peter Morazic. Number I'm six think, is I'm Connor Ingram. I'm beginning to Ingram. think this stat might not be it indicative not be, of who's yes. good. Well, it's on it's on Hockey Reference. So there you go. Oh, I thought you were using the money puck one. I was going to say no, goalie, goalie point shares. Connor Hellbook, number one. Uh, he's at eight. Thatcher Demko is at uh, seven point nine. So, and then it just goes like the drop off between Joey Decord is a 7.4. But then the next one is Peter Mrazic at 6.7 and it goes down from there. But that is nuts. That's crazy. It just goes to show how much of a crapshoot goaltending is. However, Thatcher Demko, I know that like, you know, Connor Hellbuck's doing all this, all this other stuff. Thatcher Demko is my pick. Well, I the Canucks th- would probably be in the lottery. Yes. Without Thatcher Demko. Like, I think that based on how each team is constructed, I think you put in Laurent Brassois. And I think that the Jets obviously don't make the playoffs, but they they stick around for a bit. I think you put in Casey DeSmith instead of of uh, uh, you know Thatcher Demko. It's a much different story. I think Ian Clark goes gray a lot quicker. Yeah. I think I, Thatcher Demko is top notch. He is my pick. Um, he I feel you know I I think it's his time to get to get rewarded. As one of the elite goalies in the of, in the league, he's playing a massive, massive, massive. Like, there's a reason the Canucks have the highest PDO. What's half of PDO? It's save percentage. It's Thatcher. Yeah, it's Thatcher he, Demko. He is, <laughs> he is propping that team up a lot, and Thatcher Demko is my Vesna pick. All right, Rachel, let's move the to Norris. the next award. It's the Norris. Who is your pick for the Norris? I mean, I think we're probably both on this one, right? It's Quinn Hughes. Like it's, oh, I had Kale McCarr. Okay, so I don't feel like getting abused by Vancouver fan base. That happens to me enough. So I'm gonna just go with Quinn Hughes. Um, and to go with Quinn Hughes. I think that he's taken huge steps 
um, obviously with the whole scoring situation. Um, I obviously him having a better partner has been quite helpful. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, yeah, like the year he's having is just, is too difficult to ignore. He's likely going to finish the year with 20 goals. Uh, 20 goals for anyone is a, is an accomplishment. 20 goals for a defenseman is, is nuts, is absolutely incredible. And just his, his impact on the ice is out of control right now. Like it's, it's crazy. And so I'm going to go with Quinn Hughes, but I think it's, it's a two horse race with him and McCarr. And I like, to me, this is a scenario where it's not like locked and loaded in the same way, um, like some other awards might be, but I, I, he's my front runner right now. And then, yeah, like I have McCard. So we're talking about Quinn Hughes. Uh, we we're here. We are. We're talking about Sam Reinhart having like one of the biggest, the best contract year of all time. Basically he's going crazy. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Hughes is tied with him in points. Quinn Hughes is a, is a defenseman. Yeah. Like so, he's yeah. having just an incredible it's season. Unbelievable. Um, I, I'm picking Kale McCarr because he's, Friggin' Kale McCarr, man. Like, he is just doing everything. Kale. He is even... It's like he gets better every year. And he does... I just think he does... Uh, I think he does everything Quinn Hughes does. Uh, I think maybe a little bit better, you know? And I... I, I agree. You know? And so I, I, I gotta... You know, like, he's he's missed time. He's been banged That's the up. only reason he's not my yeah, Norris front runner. he's still only four points behind Quinn Hughes. So I think it's Kale, it's Kale McCarr for me. But you know what? What I love is that these two, since and, and there was a little bit of a lull, but now these two, since their first year when they were battling for uh, the Calder in, in the Calder, they will be forever. They will be the defenseman version of Crosby and, o- and Ovechkin, and I think that's great for the sport. I think yeah, that's great. I, I I don't disagree there. Like I I think the race is a lot closer than people are making it out to be. Like Quinn Hughes, I think is like minus two hundred to win the Norris, and I'm like, wait a minute, I can get Kale McCarr at plus money. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Especially because I got Hughes at plus 900 in like mm-hmm. the fourth game of the year. So there I was like, go. All right, Rachel, our final. It's the heart. Who is your pick for the heart? It depends. That's not an answer. Okay. If you score 70, it's Matthews. No, you don't get to say that. You get to right now. Right now. It's McKinnon. Okay. It's hardcore. It's McKinnon. Okay. I am so tired of discussing the Kucherov thing. Like, he, Kucherov's had three or he's had a bunch of three-point games and he's lost ground on McKinnon by five points in the last 17 games Mm -hmm. because McKinnon is averaging two points a game he's literally averaging two points a game this is ridiculous this without Landis Goggins without Nachushkin yes he has ran into Makar but like oh my god Mm -hmm. what are we doing like he is doing what McDavid was doing last year this is insanity and the thing is, is like he's when you watch him, he's dominant on the ice. Even if he's not scoring, he's on the cycle, on the back check, on the four check. He's impacting how teams are defending. Like teams, you can tell, are scheming to defend against him, and he's still scoring two points a game. Mm. This is absolutely insane what he's doing. And without him, the top line center for the Colorado Avalanche would be Logan O'Connor. So you remove Nathan McKinnon off of not only is he the outside of McDavid, probably the best player in the league this year. If you removed him from Colorado, they'd be in major trouble 
Like major, major trouble. So I'm not having this conversation about Kucherov because he's got Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, and Victor Hedman, and Andre Vasilevsky. Like, there's so much more around him. He's also a winger. And if you took Kucherov out of the lineup, Tampa would still be fine. They did it for an entire year, and yeah. they still made the playoffs. If you take handily. McKinnon out of the Colorado lineup right now, Logan O'Connor is their top line center. Mm-hmm. That is That's not going to cut it. That's tough. That's what a lottery team looks like. Mm-hmm. My heart pick is Austin Matthews. Um, I'm glad one of us did went that direction. Now, I will f- I will freely admit my uh, my bias in that I watch infinitesimally more uh, Toronto Maple Leafs games than I do Colorado Avalanche games. Is that a word? Infinitesimally? Yeah. Yeah. Infinitely? Infinitesimally. Or infinitesimally? Infinitesimally. Yeah. It's a word. God damn. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I watch far I watch far more Toronto Maple Leafs games than I do Colorado Avalanche games. I get that. There have been, the Toronto Maple Leafs are in a playoff spot right now. You know, they, they, you know, they probably don't deserve they, to be. And that's the whole point. There have been legitimately over half the games in the Toronto Police season have been putrid efforts where the entire team looks slow, where, you know, Marner is gobbling up empty caliber cal- calorie points, where the coach is making ridiculous decisions, where the, the goalie can't make a save. And Austin Matthews. Flat. And Austin Matthews comes out. They look slow. They look flat. They look listless. And Austin Matthews comes in and he's every single time they have needed him to score a goal in a high leverage situation. He has done it this year. He has he, he you know, he has four hat tricks this season alone. That's so which is insane. Ridiculous. He is he if I, I, I'm sure if I know that on paper you take Matthews out, you still have, you know, Tavares, Nylander, Marner and all that. You Tavares take, is not performing this year. So you take Matthews, you take Matthews off the Leafs right now. They like they we're, we're talking about Celebrini. Like it is it is. That, no, I don't think we're that. I, I think it's OK. Then 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 we are at least talking about a team that is in the that is we're in, the worst. in Montreal territory. Yes. So yeah. we're talking about t- like sixth overall, seventh overall, a disaster. Yeah. Austin Matthews on, on pretty much every night has saved the Leafs this season. He is phenomenal. He is phenomenal two way. He has the best shot in the league. He he is money in the bank when it comes to clutch moments. When it comes, and I know clutches is is a pejorative term, I get that, but every single time I cannot He's a stre- boogeyman. I cannot stress enough, Rachel, and I know I'm not. I'm more just saying this to the audience, but like every single time the Leafs have needed him to score a goal this year, you're down late. You know the the team needs a spark. You go down. You 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 give up a. You know every time Samsonov has given up a fluke. I think of the Columbus game. You know Samsonov gives up like six goals on twenty shots. The reason why they made it to overtime is because Austin Matthews kept going back the other way and scoring, scoring or setting something up. I also value goals above anything else. And Matthews has forty before the in all-star break which is crazy yeah it's it is a very tight race and nathan mckinnon is one of the most impressive hockey players i've ever watched in person i got to cover him on the cup final run and that was a pleasure and a privilege for me to do but this season austin matthews is after he also after he got he became the highest paid player in the league he did exactly what you want a player like that to do and took and has quite literally taken the team on his back and carried them into a playoff spot. What's crazy is like we had a heart conversation and it's like, I think it's very clearly a three horse race at this point. Yes. McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon. Mm-hmm. But can we park some time and discuss the season Sidney Crosby's having as a 36 year old 
if the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is barely in the playoffs, they are fully in Celebrini discussions without the years it's having. The Pittsburgh, he, like, it's actually ridiculous the year he's having. He's in my top five. The Pittsburgh Penguins should be thrown in prison for what they're doing to Sidney Crosby this year. It is unbelievable. He's, jail. He is, and this is why it is so. Uh, the reports of oh, they might they might take the next like two years or three years to re to sort of restock no, their, their treasure jail. chest. You're not allowed. You like I know that. Look, I think we took Ovechkin being ageless for granted because of just the wall that he has hit this year. Sidney Crosby's doing incredible, but like it's no guarantee that he's going to be this incredible, you know, until he's 40 years old. You take advantage of the fact that one of the best players who has ever stepped foot on an ice surface uh, is having this kind of season at age 36. He has 50 points yeah. in 46 games. He has 27 goals. This guy's almost got 30 goals. I always, I always remember. In January, like what? I always remember. So Crosby had his, had his rookie season and it was great. But the biggest knock on him was one, face-offs and two, his shot. And he went into the he went into the he went into the offseason, he emerged and he scored fifty goals <laughs> and led the league in faceoff percentage the next I love year. It. Like like he kept that was the biggest the biggest criticism was yeah, Crosby was good, but he loses the heart he loses the, the calder to Ovechkin and they go, Yeah, oh, but is he is he too much of a, a pure playmaker? His shot's terrible and he can't win faceoffs. Rocket. <laughs> next year, fifty one goals, or I think I think it might even be more, but fi- over fifty and goals. And he won the rocket. He won the rocket and he he led the league in faceoff percentage. I'm pretty sure that's the kind of player he is. He's 36 years old and he's still over a point a game. He is. Think it's about unbelievable. How bad Pittsburgh has been generally speaking. Yes. He's plus 19. That's that's incredible. So yeah, like good for good for Sidney Crosby. If he scores 25 more goals, which is conceivable, he's gonna hit 600. This like he'll have 600. He has 577 career goals right now, and it's conceivable he scores 23 more to hit 50 on the year. Like if he scores 50 this season, he'll hit 600 for his career. And Six. It's it, that's, it's just insane. So salute also, to Sidney Crosby, he's 25 assists from a thousand. Like yeah. we're talking about, he's 23 goals from 600 mm. and 25 assists from a thousand like there's a chance he hits both yeah this year there's all and, and that's insane before we go as well there's someone like we didn't talk about him in the norris race but he's someone who should be on the periphery of it is gustav forsling yes he's been he has been really unbelievable this year i also think adam fox coming back from injury and, and mm-hmm. having the type of year that that he's start like continuing to have yeah. he's not gonna be like he might find his way on my ballot just because mm-hmm. like he's been incredible but yeah i think gus forsling for sure like that guy's maybe so much money this year god bless you gustav like I yeah. unbelievable over one and a half shots over one and a half shots just every single time it's it's my favorite bet right now just automatic no he's I I you're right I mean I think it's probably a two horse race with the Norris but he deserves a shout he was going to be on a lot of ballots he should be I think my my heart trophy ballot is like some iteration of McKinnon Matthews McDavid Kucherov Hellebach probably unreal all right rachel we've reached the end of the show um we are we are going to be boots on the ground at all-star i'll be obviously behind the scenes and whatnot rachel will be there uh capturing the fan experience as well and we'll also be behind the scenes on you know an interesting thing uh with the big player um 
we uh you know we we we're gonna have amazing content coming from that so definitely you know stay tuned uh subscribe to the podcast any podcatcher you have out there subscribe there on youtube tiktok instagram twitter you know we're all there um we got a lot of great like i said a lot of great content coming and uh make sure to, to donate to jumpstart our charity of choice uh it helps economically disadvantaged children play team sports which is in a, a cause that is extremely close to rachel and i yep um uh, and so all the links will be in the description, but if you can, we encourage you to donate there and yeah, we will, uh, we will see you after all star. We'll have amazing content and, uh, we hope you have fun.